Ever wondered what unicorns eat for breakfast? Okay, so I don't actually know. But I do know that 20% of all unicorn startups are using HubSpot. And for good reason. HubSpot's all-on-one platform levels up your sales, software, and support. Plus, they have a huge collection of resources to help startups scale. And with the HubSpot for Startups program, you could save big off your first year. To see if you're eligible to save on HubSpot, visit HubSpot.com startups. Howdy, folks. It is Friday, December 30th. I'm Jacob Cohen, and you are listening to The Hustle Daily Show. Our team's taking a well-deserved break today, but do not worry. I've still got you covered with the daily news. And after that, we've also got two of our favorite conversations from the podcast this year. One about how TikTok has risen as an unlikely challenger to Google and another about the unbundling of online dating and how companies are getting creative with love. Before we get to that, though, here's what else is going on in the world of business and tech. Let's get crack a leg. All right. First things first, Southwest is opening up ticket sales again as it recovers from a very, very, very rough week that saw more than 15,000 flight cancellations. A major cause of this snafu was an outdated worker scheduling system that crashed and crumbled under pressure, leaving employees in chaos. CEO Bob Jordan has acknowledged that the airline needs to modernize its tech. All right, moving along. In passing the $1 billion box office, Mark Avatar, The Way of Water is now one of six movies in history to hit that milestone in their first two weeks on screen. It's the fastest movie to cross the billion-dollar mark this year. In 2022, by the way, only three films passed the billion-dollar mark, let alone in two weeks. That includes Top Gun Maverick, which took 31 days to clear the mark. Jurassic World Dominion, which took more than four months to do so. And in 2019, by the way, nine movies passed the billion dollar mark. So uh, light on movies in that club in 2022. All right, what else we got? We see you, India. The country is requiring mobile device makers to adopt USB-C charging by March 2025, following similar legislation from the European Union Up next, USA, potentially. The EU, by the way, predicts its new rule will save consumers more than $250 million annually. And get this, in 2019, humans produced more than 50 million tons of e-waste around the world, just 17% of which was recycled. And annually, old chargers account for more than 11,000 tons of e-waste. So hopefully these rules will help lower that number. How about this? It's becoming easier to TikTok doom scroll on your fridge. Yes, Samsung's new bespoke family hub smart fridge boasts a giant 32-inch portrait screen. Is it necessary? No. Is it cool? For about 10 minutes, but that's it. (laughs) Anyway, you can catch that fridge over at the CES conference. And lastly, before the main stories today, just want to plug today's newsletter, which had all kinds of of awesome predictions for 2023 from around the web from us and from you too. So definitely recommend you go check that out. And with that, let's get on to the main show. 
Okay, so for our loyal listeners, I am a millennial. JC, you are very firmly planted in Gen Z. You have been touting TikTok to me for a very long time. I still have not downloaded the app. And now apparently TikTok is taking on Google search. Tell me more about this. Is this for real? It, It appears it is for real. And the reason it really appears like it's for real is because this new information that's coming out is coming out of Google itself. So wow. Prabhakar Raghavan, a senior vice president at Google, I believe he's in charge of Google search and a bunch of other really big parts of the company. Uh, he was at a conference last week in Colorado and he was talking about Google search and he said, and I quote, you know, almost 40% of young people, when they're looking for a place for lunch, they don't go to Google Maps or search. They go to TikTok or Instagram. This is like a massive statement. Yeah, he's basically saying when you look up a restaurant in town, when you look up a place to eat, a bar, young people are not going to Google to do that. They're going to TikTok or Instagram to do that. When I read that, I was like, yeah, no shit, I do that. (laughs) So here's what he's saying. So you actually do. You go to TikTok or Instagram to search for a restaurant. 100%. Wow. And I'll tell you why. Because when you go to Google and search for something like Cool Bar in Boston, for instance, you're greeted with 125 million results. Oh, my God. You know how it says how many results there are? 125 million results. You have a map with hundreds of spots on it. You have reviews and everything. It's very useful information, but it's like a ton of information. Overwhelming. It's a ton of SEO-driven information. It's overwhelming. Information overload. When you go on TikTok and you search this exact same thing, cool bar in Boston, you see a nice selection of quick, popular, fun clips of normal people you know, with music in the background, highlighting some cool Boston bars. So the question is very simple. Would you rather comb through 125 million results or watch a catchy 13 second video? (laughs) That's really interesting because you can like kind of get the vibe of the bar just from watching a TikTok, right? 100%. What are you doing on Google? You end up looking at whatever, clicking on the map, like looking at the bar's name. You can see some stock pictures when nobody's actually there. Yeah, exactly. Like that's actually a really good point. Yeah. So this may look bad for Google, but if I'm this senior vice president, here's why I'm sleeping well at night. The first reason is because Google faces a lot of antitrust scrutiny, obviously. They do indeed. Big tech. So the 40% number, the 40% of young people that are going to TikTok instead of Google is a great defensive argument for Google to use to defend itself against antitrust scrutiny. They have their own website where they highlight all these different stats defending themselves against antitrust scrutiny. (laughs) Things like 55% of people start product searches on Amazon, not Google. And so this fits right in nicely next to those stats. That's kind of hilarious. Like they have a whole website (laughs) that's basically saying like, hey, this is why we're not as great as you think we are. They're saying like, if you're concerned about us in the competitive landscape, here's why you shouldn't be worried. But yeah, it's kind of ironic. But the second reason is because Google obviously owns YouTube, which has YouTube Shorts, which is their TikTok clone. A lot of people are looking at YouTube Shorts now. It's grown pretty quickly. And he has YouTube Shorts at his disposal to incorporate into search if he so desires. So Google's actually already worked on deals to index Instagram and TikTok clips and put them into Google search results when you look certain things up. So I would expect parts of the Google search experienced aspects of it to look more like a TikTok feed in the future when you look up something like Cool Bar in Boston. And so what's this all mean for TikTok? Well, what about TikTok itself? They're going to find themselves facing more scrutiny, probably. Their parent company, ByteDance, is Chinese. Recently obtained audio recordings, I think BuzzFeed got hold of those, confirmed 
Chinese management effectively has unfettered access to U.S. user data. That's right. Despite all the improvements they're trying to make. And despite all this, users are spending more time on TikTok than Instagram and Facebook combined. The average U.S. kid spending almost 100 minutes a day on TikTok. That is crazy. That doesn't take a genius to see why U.S. officials are concerned about Chinese companies' grip on an algorithm that owns so much of our time. Right. Because with the flick of a switch, they can make the slightest adjustments that theoretically could make people in America start seeing videos that are negative in some way right or associated with some kind of negative thing so that's what people are worried about in the government mostly but right you could spark some crazy tiktok challenge that like ends up hurting (laughs) young americans (laughs) mental health or something like that which i'm not saying china has directed but that's definitely happened i feel like for sure the election's coming up relatively soon you know they could be playing a lot more kind of divisive political content you know stuff like that and now with tiktok also rising as this kind of search engine of choice I think things could get even more interesting. So we'll see what happens. Question for you, though. So have you used YouTube Shorts? I have not call myself an active user, but I have watched YouTube Shorts. Yeah. Does it like look and feel like TikTok? I mean, it's designed basically the same way. Right. But it doesn't feel the same. I would say Instagram Reels has almost a closer feel to TikTok. Right. But there's something about TikTok that still is like, it just has the it factor that the others haven't found just yet. I also think it's like still at a point where it's cooler to use TikTok than to use Instagram Reels and YouTube Shorts. Totally. All right. So as it turns out, helping people find their soulmate while taking a was truly an innovative invention, right? A third of new marriages start on an app. So monetizing the potential for love has clearly proven lucrative, but uh, many people, and I don't think this is much of a secret, many people struggle with online dating and especially just the classic online formats that we've become accustomed to. So dating apps, for example, A lot of them tout just super high user and match counts. I think Tinder says they have matched 55 million people since they started doing their thing. But in reality, the chances of an AI successfully finding you lasting love post-match especially are very slim. A great stat I think is really interesting is that prior to COVID, 30% of U.S. adults tried their hand at online dating. Yet 28% of U.S. households are now single-person households, and that's up from 13% in 1960. So while we have so much more access to dating, theoretically, than we used to, so many more people are living alone. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what happened to this promise of just swiping right for love, right? I saw this interesting report that found dating apps have worse customer satisfaction than industries like airlines. Right. What's interesting, though, is because of all this scale, because of how big some of these apps have gotten, it's presented an interesting opportunity for all these kinds of new, extremely niche offerings. So for example, there's this really interesting dating app and community called the Locks Club. And it bills itself, this is a quote, as Mm -hmm. private dating app for Jews with ridiculously high standards designed to feel like a speakeasy hidden within an old school deli. That's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's extraordinarily niche, and reportedly thousands of people use it and pay for it. I think it's $96 a year. Mm -hmm. And that's just one of so, so many new kind of niche dating apps that are coming about. 
And what's interesting is Locks Club offers human matchmaking services too. And that is actually an interesting increasing focus in the space at large. Match started offering human matchmaking last November for, I think, $5 a week. There's this other company, Amber, which launched last year, which organizes exclusive in-person events for small matchmaker chosen groups. Uh, And I just think that's super interesting that we're reverting Mm -hmm. back to matchmaking because people just think it probably works better, right? Yeah, maybe people will do that thing where you make a videotape of yourself, like a VHS tape of yourself, and then you (laughs) exchange VHS tapes. I suppose they could do that with like a TikTok style format. Oh, you're exactly right, because there are countless other apps that are popping up that are being built around these unique twists on the classic Mm -hmm. feed, some of which do exactly what you just said. Basically, TikTok, but for dating. And I was just looking through some other interesting apps. And I'm telling you, there are literally hundreds, if not thousands of these. But a few that I found that piqued to my interest were ones called Schmooze, which lets you swipe on people's memes instead of their photos. Mm -hmm. There's this other one, Newit or Newt. I'm honestly not sure how to pronounce that. It might be Nui. It might be night in French. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, perhaps it's Nui. And they use... Your astrological signs. Mm -hmm. And then there's one in the UK called So Synced, and they run personality tests and match people based on that. I think that's very interesting. Mm -hmm. There's Dig, which is for dog lovers. There's Kippo, which is basically a metaverse for dating. And I just think the blessing and the curse for all of these will be their networks, right? Because too big and you'll be considered cliche. Mm -hmm. Too small and there's just not going to be enough options for people. You know, the other challenge with dating apps, as has been the case for a decade, will just be getting people to actually go on dates, no matter what the interesting twist is. Right. Yeah. You can match all day long on Tinder, I suppose. But like getting someone to actually meet you and show up and be who they said they were, that's probably another story. Yeah. But at the end of the day, though, I think people uh, doing online dating take one look at a picture and have made their decision like 99% of the time. <laughs> For sure. Yes. Like there are automatics, what is swipe left? Like automatic swipe left. Automatic, rapid fire. <laughs> yes. And bada bing, bada boom, that's going to do it for us today, folks. Thanks for tuning in to The Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Robert Hartwig. Our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter, which you can go subscribe to at hustle.co slash email. Have a wonderful Friday. Have a wonderful New Year's. And we'll see you back here next week. Hey, everybody, let me tell you about this great podcast that's available right now. Creator Science, hosted by Jay Klaus, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, which is the audio destination for business professionals. Creator Science goes behind the scenes with today's top creators. Through narrative interviews, Jay Klaus explores how creators like Tim Urban, James Clear, Tori Dunlap, and Cody Sanchez are building their audiences today. And by learning how these creators make a living with their art and creativity, Creator Science can help you gain tools and confidence to do exactly the same. I was actually listening to an episode recently where Jay had on Dr. K, who is a Harvard psychiatrist. And Dr. K helps a lot of creators with performance, burnout, and dealing with a lot of negative feedback online. It's a great hour of conversation with Dr. K, where Dr. K really breaks down what it means to be a creator today and the burnout that a lot of creators do experience and what to do when you get that burnout. Because
because you will. And you can listen to Creator Science wherever you get your podcasts, and I definitely suggest it. Listen to Creator Science wherever you get your podcasts.